Warning, this episode contains adult language, mature situations, spies with insane missions, psychic children who have psychic dogs, assassins with overbearing younger brothers, romantic comedy, action, and way too much manga news. Listener discretion is advised. Episode 376, Spy Family. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Spark and Manga Review. I'm your host Zan, saying konnichiwa, aloha, bonjourno, and what's up? I hope you've been well, hope you've been good. Things have been crazy and interesting with all that has been going on. Hope you're doing well. And, well, anyway, for those of you who are joining us for the first time, welcome. Sparkin is some podcast and vanger reviews about connectively enhanced narratives. Pretty much what that means is every episode we talk about one or two titles. Since this is our manga review, obviously we talk about manga. We tell you the pros and cons about how the art style is, the overarching plot, the character development, and if it's worth investing your time in or not. You don't have to agree with anything that I and my co-hosts say, but we try to be educational, exciting, enlightening, and most importantly, entertaining. You can check out any of our earlier episodes at www.spiraken. We're also on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes, Apple Music, Apple Podcasts, Twitch, and various other social media sites. Just type in S-P-I-R-A-K-N. I guarantee you'll find us one way or the other. If you want to be cool, you can like and follow us. And you can check out our iTunes uh, feedback feed at tinyurl.com forward slash H-E-L-P-X-A-N. There you can leave comments and concerns and rate us. Let us know how we're doing. That's like putting a tip in the chip jar because we don't charge for this podcast. And hope you guys have been doing well. So now that all of that business is out of the way, how have you guys been? Pretty good? Pretty bad? Reading any good mangas? I hope you've been doing some cool things. This weekend has been crazy because we had not one, not two, but three online cons this weekend. We had uh, Anime Expo Lite. There was Funimation Expo, and then finally there was uh, Komiko-Con. So three different conventions that occurred, and a lot of manga news. And since we've changed the format a little bit, we're going to have all of our manga news at the end of the episode. We're starting off with our review, we're trying things out, we're testing, we're, we're playing around, we're seeing where everything goes. But let's get started with the most important thing, the thing which this whole podcast was created on. And what am I talking about? I am talking about the review of the episode. And uh, if you remember from the last episode, I spun that one, that only, the Wheel of Manga. And it dictated to me that reviewing a manga that was written by Tetsuya Endo and published by Shuisa. And yes, this was a Shonen Jump Plus comic, so it's going to be released over here in the United States by Viz Media. Original run was 2019 to present. There are four volumes currently out. And this is an action comedy shonen spy series. And the name of this manga is Spy Family. Or Spy X Family if you actually read it. I'm assuming the X is just a fact that they don't talk about. So, what is this critically acclaimed manga about? Because, let's be honest, this manga has we talked about for a while. It has gotten an absurdly large amount of nominations for awards, and it's won stuff. It uh, came in first on Honda Club's nationwide bookstore employees recommended comics of 2020 list. Uh, they It won the fourth Tetsuya Comic Taisho in 2020. It was nominated for the 13th Manga Taisho, where it came in second place. It was nominated for the 44th Kodansha Manga Award, and it was nominated for the 24th Tezuka culture award prize so this is kind of crazy it's been nominated for a lot of stuff everyone's talking about it and is it a good manga is it an amazing manga well let's talk about what it is 
It takes place in an alternate past. This is like the 1940s, 50s, or actually we're with some of the technology. We're going to say it's the 60s or 70s. And this takes place in between two countries. There is the country of Westalis, which is where our main character comes from. And then there's the eastern country of Astania, which is kind of, I want to say it is very Eastern European. It's kind of like this whole Western Bloc thing. So you have the West versus the East. This is a very cold war. And our main character is known as Twilight or Tasogare. He's a spy who has extraordinary combat abilities, great memory, information processing gathering. He uses various faces and names for each of his missions, and he's known for being the best at what he could do. He's able to infiltrate and find what they need to do and take care of it without anyone knowing that's him. And since he's a master of disguise, he's been able to find out a lot of information as he's been working in Ostania protecting the Westalis pretty much... He's a uh, access spy in Soviet Russia, essentially. He's there, he's doing what he can, and he is well-known. He's also wanted by the Ostania government, but they don't know who he is. And he, after finishing a great mission and changing his identity, he pretty much admitted he doesn't need to survive. He just does his job. That's all he needs. He gets his briefing, which is in a really cool way, because every time they find him, it's like at a store or at a restaurant, and they kind of put codes, and they ask to use a cipher to figure it out while in public. And when he gets his current and new mission, it's pretty straightforward. There's an individual in the government who's threatening the peace between the East and the West. This is Donovan Desmond, the president of the National Unity Party. Pretty bad guy, but he's pretty high up in government. And he's a super recluse. No one ever sees him. The only time he really engages with anybody is the when he goes to school for his children. It's super prestigious. It's called the Eden College. That is like for the best of the best. That's the only time he interacts with anybody is when he does functions for that. So, Twilight's mission, if he chooses to accept it, or he has to because it's his job, he has to get married, have a child in one week, and then have them go to the college and he has to befriend the children of Donovan and get close enough where he can find out what's going on and or kill him. So first off, obviously we know that due to just basic genetics it's in or basic biology, it's impossible to have a child able to go to school in one week and also finding a girl. So... What Twilight does is he decides to create a fake family. He's going to do this. He finds an apartment. It's in a nice neighborhood. He's ready to go. And she's like, all right, first, what do I got to do? I got to find a wife and a child. But what if I do this? Okay, I'll do this backwards. Let's find a child. So he goes to this really seedy and shady, uh, let's say, orphanage. And the guy's like, oh, you want one of these kids? What are you looking for? You're looking for this and that. And... He's looking for someone who can read and write and who could probably pass the exam. And as he's walking around, he sees one girl, or the, the quote-unquote head of the orphanage, because this is pretty much, they kidnap kids and they're just selling them off to get rid of them. Points at this one girl. He says, this is Anya. And Anya is quiet and she's listening. And you find that Anya was known as Subject 6. She is a former test subject for the Ostarian government where they messed with her and gave her telepathic abilities. Well, actually, it's Subject 007. Da -da -ba -da -ba -da -da. Nice little reference to James Bond. But 
Anya can read minds, and she reads the mind of this guy who's like, I don't know if this is a good idea, and I need a kid who's six years old, and she looks four or five, and she's like, six, I'm six years old. And eventually, she convinces him that she is the best example for what he wants. She's perfect for his mission. So he ends up picking her up, taking her to the apartment they rented, and shenanigans already ensue because she immediately knows that he's a spy she knows everything she knows that he's a spy what his mission is and she's going to try and help but she's like four or five years old so her mind is all over the place she's a little kid and she's a telepath so she hears thoughts all the time so it's kind of she's not good with crowds and other things so anyway uh twilight who changes his name to lloyd foster adopts anya and she becomes anya foster his daughter and his story is his wife died so they take the exam and actually Anya works really hard because she knows that if she fails or gets kicked out, the family's going to break up. So she works really hard and she one, she helps her dad out using her psychic abilities at times. Like, oh, there's a mission. Oh, dad, look, there's XYZ. Like, oh, I dropped my peanuts when they're looking for a guy and they find him. It's kind of cool how she does it. She's very smooth. But she ends up passing the exam, the initial exam. However... It's a meeting afterwards for two parents. So Twilight needs to find a wife. A wife who is willing to accept that Lloyd and his daughter Anya need a mother figure to get into the school and they're going to have to lie. So he ends up looking around and finds this female employee at the Berlint City Hall. I know Berlint, this isn't at all like Eastern Germany. No, not at all. Uh, but uh, he discovers this employee, your... Uh, her last name, Briar. Your Briar, who is a very quiet, nice lady. But it turns out that that's not all she is. Turns out that this girl who everyone says, oh, you're just an old fuddy-duddy, you don't even have a boyfriend, is an assassin known as the Thorn Princess or the Ibari Hime. She's someone who, like, kills people sadistically and is amazing at her job. Not exactly wife material. She's not good at cooking, not good at some other basic elements but she tries what she is and she's been invited to a party with her co-workers and one of them is friends with her overprotective little brother so they're gonna talk and he's gonna know that she's unhappy that she doesn't have anything so she says i have a boyfriend and you'll meet him at the party and she's trying to figure out what to do but then turns out that lloyd hears this and they end up making a deal he'll pretend to be her boyfriend and then she will help them get into the school by pretending to be his wife and when he's going to go to the party, it turns out that there's actually a mission he has to take care of and things go horribly wrong and he's super late. So Yor thinks that he completely stood her up. She goes to the party. People are making fun of her. They're kind of being rude and crash. And she's like, oh, he didn't show up. He was busy. And then Lloyd shows up, bashes open the door and says, hi, sorry I'm late. Hi, I'm Yor's husband. And he's bleeding and messed up and like, wait, you got married to this cute guy? What the hell? Is, why didn't you tell us? And the friend is like, wow, whoa. And then he realizes, oh shit, I said the wrong thing. So long story short, after the party, things went really well. Yours, popularity went up and we're pretty sure she's going to be fine with her brother. But then she tells Lloyd, why don't we get married for real? So they go to the courthouse, they get married. And now Anya has a family and it's them dealing with this insane relationship. Because Anya, when she finds out about new mommy that mom or ma is an assassin she's like okay dad's or pop's a, a spy 
Ma's an assassin and I have psychic powers. Cool! And then the family gets even more insane when you get a dog that has precognitive abilities, is able to see the future. And they name him Bond because Anya is obsessed with a cartoon spy show called Bond Man. And this is the insanity of this show, is them getting together and trying to work and fool the system and get close to Desmond Donovan's son. Uh, now, the class that she ends up in is with his youngest son, and how that happens is, well, Twilight breaks in and makes so that they are in the same class together. And actually, the scene of them getting into the school is hysterical because it's all about elegance. The headmaster's addicted with elegance, and the, the Folgers or forgers are the most elegant family he's ever seen. He loves them so much because they prove to be elegant. And at one point, they insult Anya, and you see, um, you see, uh, Yor, the Thorn Princess, smash the table because she's pissed off. And then she lifts her hands and says, "There was a bug there." And you see a little mosquito dead. It's like he wasn't being mean. Wasn't making a point. Was killing a bug because a bug was there. And, but anyway, so Anya's now in this class at Eden College, which is super exclusive. And the deal with Eden College is that you have these things called Thundera. They're Thunderbolts. If you get eight of those, you get expelled. But on the other hand, you have the Stardas, which are stars. If you get eight of those, you become one of the high elites. And if you get into the high elites, you're more likely to run into the Donovans. So they're pushing Anya to be the best she can be. And since she's a kid, she's not exactly great at this. Uh, she hasn't figured out how to cheat yet. Eventually she says, I gotta figure out which kids are not the stupid ones I've been cheating on so I could do good in class. So eventually she'll do good. But she's kind of fuzzy and weird. And she is with a bunch of different classmates. First one is this girl, Becky Blackbell, who's kind of a mean girl who, it turns out she is the one that becomes her best friend. Because she defends her from a bully. But then it turns out the bully, Damien, is Damien Desmond. The son of the highly influential authority that they're trying to get her engraced with. So it's now, he hates Anya. And Anya has to work hard to do everything she can to get him interested somehow, some way. Also, Damien kind of has a crush on Anya because of how weird she is. But she, he's a bully and he's a kid. He's six years old. So he's like, girls, ill, oh, pick on them. So it's a very crazy, confusing time. Now, while all this is going on with all the school drama and all the family stuff, you also have... Whoa, it's thundering and lightning. Kind of creepy and kind of cool at the same time. A little weird. Uh, but, back to thing. So, we also have one other character who we got to talk about, and that's Yori Briar. Yori's little brother, who's supposed to be... A functionary of the Ministry of Foreign Affairs, but in actuality is the Lieutenant of the State Secret Service. He is super obsessed with his sister. Loves her. Loves her to death, wants her to be happy. And no matter what, he wants her to be the best she can be, no matter what. And wants her to be the happiest she can be because he's in love with her. And technically, if it was possible, he probably would have married her if he could. It's like that addicted to his sister. Because she took care of him, she raised him, and he's he wants to be happy. And he is super jealous of Lloyd. Super jealous of Lloyd and super jealous of Anya. And they also, they explain it like Anya is Lloyd's daughter from a first marriage. Mom died and now yours is the second wife. And Yuri hates it. He's angry about it. He's pissed about it. And he's just very angry. Uh, also, I forgot to mention, one thing Twilight ended up 
backing the marriage by a year because his friend Freddy, who's also known as Scruffy, who also becomes kind of uh, Anya's babysitter and confidant because some really cool things, they end up... Uh, they backdated it a year. And Yuri's kind of shocked. Why didn't you tell me for a year? And he's like, I just kept forgetting. It's like, oh, my sister wouldn't lie to me. <laughs> he's he, he, he oversees the flaws of his sister, but he's super questionable and super interrogative of what's going on. And because of some of the comments he makes, Twilight knows that Yuri is, he's a member of the state secret service. He's like, shit. So now my brother-in-law is a member of the opposition and he's... Tr- Maybe I can find out secrets from him, but he apparently hates me. So it's a whole thing going on there. It's very cat and mouth-ish. Also, Yori's mission is to hunt down Twilight. So it's totally like, it's a huge cat and mouse game. Where does it go from it? What happens to it? Well, you're going to have to wait, read it and see. It is a well-drawn and very innovative story of a family that is super dysfunctional, but they come together at the best of times. It's, you see them all working together to do things. Like at one point, there's a purse snatcher. They're trying to find it. And you have, like I said, Anya reads his mind, finds him. And then she does something like, oh, look, there's a candy store there. And they see it's the guy who stole it. And they save the day. Also, Yor does not know that Twilight is tw- that Lloyd is Twilight. So they both have to lie to each other. And it's it's kind of very Mr. Mr. Mrs. Smith. And at times it works in their favor, at times it doesn't. Like, you see her do super kicks and other things. It's like, hey, oh, I'm just exercising. And it's funny how much they lie and what they do to make themselves interested in that. Like, there's an entire side chapter where uh, Anya and Lloyd are home. And Gore comes home and she looks pissed off. Lloyd immediately thinks, oh, God, I'm doing something wrong. I'm not a good husband. I have to be the perfect husband in order for this all to work. What's going on? What's going on? Meanwhile... Anya finds out what's going on. He's like, Dad, you're totally off. This isn't what's going on. Because Yor is upset because she got shot in the butt. And it didn't heal right. So he decides, I gotta do something. You know what? Since you're off tomorrow, we'll go on a date. And Yor is excited because, oh my god, we're going on a date. But I'm in so much pain. So she's trying to hide the fact that she got shot and acting normal. And immediately everything goes wrong. Because it's like, oh, you can't sit down. This sucks. He doesn't say why. He's like, I want to stand. You know, we're not going to take this beautiful limousine. We're going to stand. We're going to go to the movie theater. We're going to stand. We're going to the bookstore. We're going to stand. And then it gets to a point of where also you have Anya and Scruffy, Freddy. Uh, pretty much he is Twilight's, I didn't just say this, he's Twilight's friend. But more importantly, he's his information gatherer. He's a Q. And he's just kind of not a good spy. So it's them incognito, quote unquote stalking after them and following them and all the scenes of them trying to f- make things work and at one point Lloyd's like they are so inconspicuous I can't I could see them totally <laughs> it's like they are not good at this at all and Freddy thinks that it's a game but you have Anya's trying to make sure that they're okay and at one point one of the survivors of the men that Yor killed the night before is there sees Yor there and he decides to poison her so you have, in a spectacular scene, Anya saves them both, but, of course, Yor ends up drinking the poison. But, interesting fact, poison and medicine are like one shade away from each other, so this poison doesn't poison Yor. It ends up actually being a great painkiller, so she has a great time at the end of the date, and the date is amazing at this dinner. And it ends up where you have Anya dressed in a cat suit, wearing a mask, just shaking down this guy, saying... 
you stay away from my ma, that lady, and you'll be fine. Go home to Catherine. And the girl's like, oh my god, does the Thorn Princess have people everywhere following them? What the hell's going on? I'm going to go home. So it is very funny. It is creative. It does a lot of different things. And I do like the fact that it's they're not all omnipotent. They do make mistakes. Um, they give Anya a weakness for her telepathy with the fact that she's not good with crowds and it's not perfect. Uh, there's a time when her power turns off and it's her trying to do good to make her family stay together. And Yor is trying to have a good cover family and make her, her husband and be good and the mom be good. And Lloyd is like, I gotta do the mission, so I gotta make sure everyone's motivated. And then at the end of this, we're gonna break up and that's it. And as we're watching the series and he's trying to be very analytical about it, he says his psychiatrist is very to the point. You see him start to change slowly his feelings to the family. At one point, you see him thinking, because when they get Bond, he's thinking, watching this dog, and he says, to think I have to watch this creature for the rest of its life. And you see he's not looking at Bond, he's looking at Anya. And then he shakes his head, like, no, 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 no. So he's starting to be like, she's important to him. And she makes him proud at some points. Yes, she pisses him off when she doesn't do good in school and makes mistakes and watches TV instead of doing homework. But he is proud of her. And it's that feeling of that family dynamic which, and that feeling of family which is done so well in this story. So out of our five-point ratings, I have to give this a really, really, really fucking cool. It's well done. It's creative. It's something different. It's got action, adventure, comedy, a little bit of romance in a way of that's very different because I think that Yor and Twilight are going to fall in love with each other. We're going to have to wait and see, but I know I keep switching between Twilight and Lloyd. It's kind of weird because Twilight is his his real name and then Lloyd is just the, just the cover, but yeah. So the Thorn Princess and Twilight or Yor and Lloyd... Will they get together? We Like, actually get together? We hope they do. And it's a good read. I highly recommend it. Check it out. I saw it at Barnes & Noble's, one of the volumes. Check it out and get it. It's worth checking out. It really is. If you've read this, email me, zan at spirekin.com. That's X-A-N at spirekin.com. And let me know if you agree or disagree with my opinion. What did you think about it? Who's your favorite character? Let me know. So, now that the review's out of the way, let's actually get to some of the other cool things that are happening. Now, first off... We have the manga releases for the week, and there were 25 releases for yesterday, July 7th, because they release every Tuesday, and I gotta admit, there are some crazy titles, some cool titles, and some amazing titles that came out this week. First off, you have A Certain Scientific Railgun, Volume 15. You have Act Age, Volume 1. An Incurable Case of Love, Volume 14. Aphoretta, From Commonplace to World Strongest, The Light Novels, Volume 8 and Volume 9. It's kind of weird they released them both at the same time. I would have thought they would have released them separately, but, you know, maybe they're just trying to double things up. Bleach, Can't Fear Your Own World, Volume 1. Daytime Shooting Star, Volume 7. Demon Slayers, Kimitsu no Yaiba, Volume 14. That's close to the end. Uh, Didn't I Say to Make My Abilities Average in the Next Life? The Light Novel, Volume 9. Dr. Stone, Volume 12. Haikyuu, Volume 39. I wonder when this series is ever going to end. That series has been going on forever. Anyway, uh, How to Train Your Devil, Volume 3. I Had That Same Dream Again, The Complete Manga Collection. Kaguya-sama, Love is War, Volume 15. Now, the next one I'm actually super excited about because I've been wanting to read this novel for a long time. I'm talking about the Kiki's Delivery Service book. 
the actual book that was written for Kiki's Delivery Service that the movie was based off of. So it's all little stories about Kiki growing up. Kind of intrigued by that. I think that Greta would have fun with that. Anyway, you have Love Me, Love Me Not, Volume 3. Magical Girl, Psyop Asuka, Volume 9. Mashoku Tensei, Jobless Reincarnation, The Light Novel, Volume 6. One Punch! One Punch Man, Volume 20. Still going strong, still being awesome. Prince Freya, Volume 2. Sansa and Comic Girl, the Omnibus, oh, sorry, Comic Girl, the Omnibus manga. You have Seraph of the End, Volume 19. Snow White with the Red Hair, Volume 8. Species Domain, Volume 8. And finally, Takane and Hana, Volume 15. Wow, there was a lot of good stuff this week. Like, personally, me, the ones I'm excited about are Seraph of the End, One Punch Man, Magical Girl Sayap Asuka, Kiki's Delivery Service, Kaguya-sama, uh, Haikyuu, uh, Kimichi no Yaiba, Aferetta, and An Incurable Case of Love. Or Act Age. Actually, Act Age I'm more interested in than Incurable Case of Love. But these are the mangas that I'm intrigued by. Which of these are you interested in? Are there any that you think are horrible and should be destroyed with a passion? Let me know. And so, we've done the review, we've done the manga releases, so let's get to the part which is the most important this week, especially with everything going on. We're talking about the manga news for the week. I could do a whole episode just based on this manga news, and this is going to be the majority of this episode. So, I do apologize that there's so much going on, but there is a lot of stuff. So, let's get to it, shall we? So, starting off, as usual, we're going to go backwards chronologically from the furthest thing out to the newest thing. So, we have on August 6th, Mizuna Kuwabara and Shoku Haneda's Mirage of Blaze, a.k.a. Honono Mirage, the manga, is going to have a new manga titled Honono Mirage R, or Reboot. And this is going to be released in Akita Shoten's Mystery Bonita magazine. Now, the original story was Takaya Uga is a street-smart high school student dedicated to pretending his best friend, Yuzuru Narita, and they're wrapped up in an ancient war of darkness and tragedy, which began during Japan's chaotic warring states period. And the psychic powers of long ago find new life in the hearts of Tatuya and Yuzuru, but rival clansmen seek to destroy them. This is a really weird series that I remember watching the anime for a long time ago, so I'm kind of actually... I want to check it out. I think I want to review the first version first before we go into the reboot, but let me know what you think. So, on August 3rd, An Nakara, the creator of Kirorin Revolution, is launching a new manga titled Haru Oju-sama, Koi no Oji-san des, or Lady Haru, It Is Time for Love, in Shugakuken's Chow magazine. All we know right now is the title. We have no idea what else it's about, but... I think it's going to be a romance series, or maybe about murder. I don't know. We'll see. On July 22nd, Tonari no Kashiwagi-san's manga, Ka Kinusa Shinotsuge, is launching a new manga titled Kimitu Kozoku ni Naramade, or Until We're Both Family. This is going to be released in Honbunsha's magazine time, Kirara Forward magazine. Now, this manga is a romantic story where someone falls in love with another person they meet on the train. This is kind of interesting because it's another romance about trains. We just talked about this like two episodes ago. So, I don't know why trains are such a good place to... Well, it is Japan, so trains are a place where you meet everybody. So, could make sense. Anyway, on July 20th, Go Ike Yamada's new manga will launch. And it's going to be titled, Izakai Mao wa Fujoshi o Zentai Nagasane. 
or the fantasy world Dark Lord won't let the Fujoshi get away. And this will be released in Shogokuken's show comic magazine. This one, again, another one I don't know anything about, but it does seem great with that title. It seems like it's based on a light novel. But Now, the next one's kind of interesting because, for those who don't know, I have a secret project that I've been working on that's not really a secret. I haven't gone too far into it, but I'm working on a manga-inspired cookbook. And one of the things I kept away from is One Piece. And the reason why is that there was an actual One Piece pirate recipe book called Umi no Ichiro Ryorin Sanji no Manpuka Gohan, or One Piece Pirate Recipes First Class Cook of the Sea Sanji's Filling Recipes Cookbook. This was released a couple years ago. So, but anyway, on July 3rd, Shuisha is re-releasing the popular One Piece Pirate Recipes book. And the new release is going to contain the same recipes as the original release, but it's not going to include any of the bonus material. I think it came with a cutting board. and But this is pretty cool if you've never checked it out. And you can find some of the translated recipes online, but there are some interesting recipes, including Luffy's favorite bone and meat dish, the skyfish saute, crossing through the desert pirate bento, the potato paella apology fruit macadamia, and then fried rice put out for gin so there's some great things if you like to cook if you want something interesting and you like one piece check this out it's a great art book and a great book that can be used for actual practical purposes so anyway let's get on with the news so this one is not related to the three conventions but uh seven seas entertainment licensed several manga and light novel series so first off in january 2021 they'll be publishing the first volume of Izumo Ito's The Demon Girl Next Door slash Machikado Mozoku. And this manga is the story of Yoshida Yoko, who is living a perfectly normal, if poverty-stricken life. But at the age of 15, she suddenly sprouts demon horns and a tail. Her mother explains that she's actually a demon named Shadow Mistress Yuko, who was once sealed away and cursed so that her family would remain poor for generations. Now Yuko can beat the fairy curse if she defeats Chiyoda Momo. A magical girl who goes to her school. But Momo is stronger than she is. And also Momo knows how to manage magical powers. It's so freaking nice that she's actually helping Yoko out of scrapes. So Yoko is too weak and uncoordinated to straight up kill Momo. Even if she wanted to. But she can't be buddy-buddy with this generous magical girl either. So she has to figure out a way to break the curse of her family somehow. And what is a demon girl going to do? This seems like a very weird story, but it could be heartwarming because it does put a spin on the magical girl trope. Anyway, let's get on with it. So next, February 2021, Seven Seas is going to be publishing the first volume of Shi Usuo's Donuts Under a Crescent Moon, or Kakate Suke no Donuts. And this is a Yuri manga that focuses on Uno Hinako, a woman who throws herself into makeup, fashion, and falling in love, hoping that this will make her seem normal to the other people in her job, but no matter how hard she tries, she's a self-doubting mess inside, and her attempts at normal romance with men just keeps failing. When she starts to think she may be alone forever, a new normal presents itself in the form of her relationship with Sato Asashi, a level-headed woman who works at her company, which starts as respect until it becomes far more intimate. This is definitely a Jose manga, and... Well, it's a Yuri Jose manga, so I'm curious if it's going to be really messed up or if it's actually going to be something endearing. We're going to have to wait and see. So another thing that they're releasing in February 2021 
is berserk and gluttony or ore dake level to lo gunai wo topo bosu or bosoku no berserk written by Ishika Ishika Fame and Daisuke Takino. And this is the story of Fate Graphite, a poor person who's never tasted real power and he's born with the magical skill gluttony. So he constantly hungers in a way that can't be satisfied and has been shunned and looked down his entire life. One day, while working as a gatekeeper for a noble family and fighting a trespassing thief, he discovers gluttony's true power. When he kills someone, he devours their skill and it feeds his gnawing hunger at last. In this grisly realization, fate is awakened just to potential. How many lives will he feed on to satisfy his hunger? And is the world ready for this frightening warrior he'll become? I've seen the anime of this. It is super crazy and just very like, this is a character that starts off very nice and becomes kind of irredeemable. And I kind of like that about him. So this might be a great manga or it might be terrible. This one's definitely one that we're going to check out and read. So in March 2021... You're going to get the first volume of Kari Shinozaki's Failure Frame, I Became the Strongest and Annihilated Everyone with Low-Level Spells, or Hazure Waku no Jotai Ike Skill de Saiki ni Nate Ore ga Subete wo Jurin Tsuremade, The Light Novel. And this is the story of Toka Minori and his classmates who are abruptly catapulted to a magical world, and they're summoned by the resident goddess to serve as heroes. The good news? Most of the students display amazing powers upon arrival. The bad? Mimori is the worst of the lot, bottoming out at a measly E-rank. Incised, the goddess tosses him into a dungeon to die, but it turns out that Mimori's skills aren't so much worthless as they are abnormal. Abnormally powerful, perhaps. So, crazy, weird, bizarre, and super dark. But, I gotta say, kind of fun also. So next you have uh, April 2021, and this is going to be getting, uh, well, let's be honest. It's going to be... One which is one of the weirdest mangas I've ever heard of by Mangaka Root. And we're talking about Izakai no Toilet de Dai o Suru, or Dungeon Toilet. And this is a comedy manga about people reincarnating into fantasy worlds who have to answer to a higher calling. But in this case, their quest is to find the perfect toilet in a dungeon. And you see as dragon scales are converted into toilet seats and slimes are used as moist wipes in this really what-the-fuck manga about heroes who truly give a crap and are looking for a place to take a crap. <sighs> I feel so messed up talking about that one. But, anyway, what else we got? Uh, you have the first volume of Q Hayashida's Die Dark Manga, which will be released, and this is a space and necromancy action-adventure story that tells the story of Zara Zanko, someone whose body has great and terrible powers, they say. This... Possessing his bones will grant you any wish, even the desires of a ruler of the universe. But Sanko is still a teenage dude with his own life, and he is about to let every monstrous lowlife in the galaxy rip him limb from limb. He and his skeletal buddy, Avakian, will use their dark powers to fend off any murder attempts while they search space for whomever put this curse on Sanko's bones, because killing them might end the madness. And then Sanko can celebrate with his favorite spaghetti. This sounds... Ridiculous, but space and necromancy could be kind of cool. Seven Keys is, is knocking out of the park so far with their choices. Anyway, uh, what else was there? Um, there's the first volume of Kurobuki, uh, Kurobuki's Riwa Hanagare Gakuin manga, and this is a high school comedy that follows the hunks at Hanamaro Academy 
and they're putting the boot and booty to expectations. Instead of wearing drab blazers, these studs are obsessed with the length of their skirts and the size of their chests as they try to navigate high school. This high-energy comedy takes being cute and being cut to a whole new level. This is a weird fucking manga, and, well, I don't even know. It seems weird to me. Anyway, so let's get on with May of 2021. So, in May 2001, uh, Seven Seas Entertainment is going to be publishing the Machi Kiachi manga adaptation of Masaki Yuasa's Ride Your Wave. They're also releasing the Mika Toyoto light novel adaptation in February 2021, so you're getting both of those. And we did do a review of the actual movie, which is a really good movie about a college student who moves to a small seaside town to surf and have fun. Then she falls in love with a local firefighter after he saves her from a fire, but then tragedy strikes, and then in her grief she starts hallucinating that the guy is still alive in water. Really trippy, really weird. I think that the light novel is going to be really well done, and I'm excited to see the manga as well. So that's the last of our news for Seven Seas Entertainment for now, but let's talk about all the various online conventions that happened this weekend. We had an absurdly large amount of them. We had uh, Comigo Con, Anime Expo Lite, and Funimation Con. So there's a lot, and there's a lot of manga news that happened this week. So we're going to try to compress this as much as possible, because I don't want the majority of this episode being the uh, news section. So, let's get to it, shall we? So, first off, we're going to start off with Anime Expo Lite, and we got a lot of news, so let's get through it. First off, Crunchyroll. They got a lot of stuff. They announced that they're going to be launching three new simul-pub manga series from Kodansha Comics. You have Cardcaptor Sakura Clear Cards by Clamp. This is the sequel to Cardcaptor Sakura, where after finding all the Cloud Cards and all the Sakura Cards, all the cards disappear again. Now she has to find all the uh, Clear Cards. Pretty cool, fun, it's clamp. You have Ghost in the Shells, The Human Algorithm by Junichi Fujisaka and Yoko Yoshimoto. And this is kind of a weird version of Ghost in the Shell where hackers attempt to assassinate a politician during a speech preaching the advancements of cybernetic prosthetics. Fortunately, Togusa is there to whisk her to safety and the investigation leads Bato to a suspicious factory in the artificial islands in southern Japan. Meanwhile, Chief... Aramaki hears of a disturbing discovery at the other end of the country. Dozens of artificial bodies illegally dumped near a village where an anti-cyberization sect conducts their training and rites. And among the shells is one formerly inhabited by the woman who embodied Section 9 until she left it behind and disappeared. Major Makoto Kusanagi. So this is a, let's find the major and what the hell's going on with these anti-cyberization sects. Okay, you have that. And then the last one that they're going to be doing the simulpub for is Ashidake the Iron Hero by Ryo Sumiyoshi. Now, in a world where everyone bears metal arms, a demon bearing 100 pairs of metal arms threatens the total destruction of the world and everyone who lives within it. But even in the face of total hopelessness, a group of warriors are ready to tackle this desperate challenge. A boy named Ashidaka with two pairs of Metal Arms of his own gathers companions for the sacred war to come. This one sounds very cool. Also, it's weird that his name is Ashidaka instead of Ashitaka. But that one's one I'm most excited for. So, what else? What other news we have? Well, Denpop, one of our favorite publishers, has announced new releases. First one is going to be Lockdown Zone Level X by Romy Oshi and Meshi. And this is a new simul pub coming out this summer. And it's a sci-fi horror manga that takes place in an apocalyptic time about a teen who wakes up in a lockdown. Now, will this be good? Will this be bad? Is it zombies? Is it aliens? Well, 
We're going to have to wait and find out. Uh, you have Under Ninja by Kengo Hanazawa, the creator of I Am A Hero. So this could be really, really cool. I love the art design for I Am A Hero, so we're going to see how this goes. And Under Ninja is a manga that takes place in a modern world where roughly 200,000 ninjas live in secrecy and blend into daily life as normal humans. The story centers on Kuro Kurogakura, a ninja who's unable to find work, and one day he finally receives a job and begins to infiltrate a school. This seems like it's kind of a high school manga with ninjas, so I kind of like this. But I'm curious how Kengo Hanazawa is going to twist the story. We're going to have to wait and see. And their last announcement for Anime Expo Lite is going to be the one-shot for Ms. Kusakabe by Shuzo Oshimi, the creator of Flowers of Evil. And this is a one-shot that centers on a girl who has a sexy face who leaves her youth behind. This is probably going to be very disturbing and really creepy. We're going to see how this goes. So let's get to some other news for Anime Expo Lite. And we have a couple more. We're getting almost done with this, so we'll get to the other cons. But the big one, uh, Konancha USA announced that Shu Morishita's A Sign of Affection, the manga, will get a print release in March 2021. And this manga is about Yuki, typical college student whose world revolves around her friends, social media, and the latest sales. But when a chance encounter on a train leads her her to meeting a friend of a friend and fellow student, Itsuromi-san, her world begins to widen, but... Even though Utsumi-kun can speak three languages, sign language isn't one of them, can the two learn to communicate at the budding feelings between them? A nice weird romance series that involves someone who has a physical handicap. I'm kind of intrigued by this one. I think this is going to be a more positive version of a Silent Voice, but we're going to have to wait and see. Uh, the vertical imprint brand for Kodachi USA said that they're going to be releasing Shuzuo Oshimi, we just talked about, as a creator of Flowers of Evil, their new manga, Blood on the Tracks, or Chino Wadashi. And this can be digitally released in August 2021. And this manga tells the story of ordinary middle school student Keiichi Osabe, who receives love and care for his mother Seiko, until one summer an incident changes the family dynamic forever. This sounds very disturbing. Uh, I've heard rumors about this one, and it's just kind of... Uh, I don't want to say it's very psycho-ish, but it's a little psycho-ish. Anyway, now the one that I'm so excited about. So, J Novel Club announced nine new light novel series and four new manga titles, and the first one is the one that makes me so excited, because I have the Tokyo Pop release for this, but I'm totally going to buy the actual physical copies if J Novel sells this. And what are we talking about? We're talking about Slayers, baby! Slayers by Hajime Kanzaki, with illustrations by Rui Atazumi, and... What Slayer is about if you haven't heard about it? Well, beautiful and brilliant sorceress girls just can't have nice things, huh? Well, all they wanted to do was swipe a little bit of bandit treasure. Now, suddenly, they're being chased around by icky trolls, nasty demons, mean mummies, and brooding golem bad boys. And for what? A little artifact that could bring about the end of the world? Huh. She'll show you there's a reason you don't cross Lena Inverse. Slayers, the story about Lena Inverse, one of the greatest sorcerers of all time, who is in it for... Justice, food, and gold, and not in that order. It is funny, it is weird, it is crazy, and it has spawned several TV series, several movies, a bunch of manga, and it's just a great, fun series to check out. I'm excited for this, and I will review the light novel when it does come out. So what are the light novels they got? The Bloodlines by Taketoro Sumimori, with illustrations by Hakus. 
And the plot for this one is, after the fall of civilization, a hierarchical society was born where blood determines everything. The rich steal both the blood and lifespans of the poor, rejoicing their now eternal lives. Nagi is a commoner fated to die, while Saya is royalty gifted with eternal youth. When fate brings our unlikely paths together, their innocent love sets the gears in motion to tear down the walls of a society built upon tremendously inadequacy and racial discrimination. Essentially, The Bloodlines is going to be a weird Romeo and Juliet-esque story involving vampires and other stuff. Maybe. We have to wait and see. This one's actually going to be released later in the year. Uh, we have I Love Yuri and I Got Body Swapped with a F Fukoshi, a.k.a. Orega Fujoshi de Atsugayori Otade by Ajichi. And this is a manga. And it's Meet Reiji Yoshida, a Yuri otaku who loves Yuri more than anything else in the world. All he wanted to do was enjoy his hobby in peace, but trouble ensues when he crosses path with Mitsuru Hoshina, a Fujoshi who is obsessed with boys' love. Hijinks ensue, and a vengeful ghost residing in their school's manga club swaps their bodies. Polar opposites in both personality and hobbies clash in this exciting first volume. Follow the adventures of their comically body swap experiences. This sounds crazy weird and fun. Kind of little... It's If you want some comedy, this manga might be really good. Next one. My instant death ability is so overpowered, no one in this other world stands a chance against me. A.K.A. Sokushi Chit ga Saikyo Sugite Izekai no Yatsuri ga Marude Aite ni Narenain Deska by Tsuyoshi Fujitaka with illustrations by Chisato Naruse. And this one is another one of those, it's an Izekai and I'm overpowered, of course. So, awakening to absolute chaos and carnage while on a school trip, Yogiri Tokoto discovers that everyone in his class has been transported to another world. He has somehow managed to sleep through the entire ordeal, missing out on the gift power bestowed upon the others by a mysterious sage who appeared to transport them. Even worse, he and his classmates were ruthlessly abandoned by their friends, left his bait to distract a nearby dragon. Although not terribly bothered by the thought of dying, he reluctantly decides to protect his lone companion. After all, a lowly level 1000 monster doesn't stand a chance against his secret power to invoke instant death with a single thought. If he could stay awake long enough to bother using it, that is. Uh, super overpowered, super crazy, might be good, might be trash. We're gonna have to wait and see. Wataru! The hot-blooded fighting teen and his epic adventures in a fancy world after stopping a truck with his bare hands, a.k.a. Truck Utetome Isekai Tensei Neketsu Botoha Kodose Wataru by Simote with illustrations by Ray Lucy is our next light novel, and this one is completely ridiculous. It's a wonderful day for Wataru Itoi, high school student, master martial artist, honorable and humble teenager, and all-around awesome guy. During his daily run to school, he happens to get hit by a large truck barreling around a corner. Not that this is the kind of event that would be the end of the likes of Wataru, of course, but when a truck runs into you, you get sent to another world. That's just the way things are sometimes. Still, Wataru's not about to take this kind of thing lying down. The first thing he sets out to do is find out who's the toughest hombre in this land and go up against the greatest challenge this new world has to offer. Oh, and the greatest fighter in this place also happens to be the Demon Lord who is kidnapping people all across the kingdom in an attempt to wipe out humanity. Even better! Wataro's main interest is in fighting a tough battle, saving the world, and the process is just icing on the cake. This is just ridiculous Isekai stupidity. And they mention at the trope that you're going to get hit by a car and sent to another world, so this is going to be very tongue-in-cheek. 
Okay, you have Record of Watanai War, the manga by Yukaru Yagi, based on the light novel by Ryota Hori and Bob. And this is the story of Ryoma Mikoshiba, an ordinary high school adept at martial arts, one day finds himself summoned to another world. The one who summoned him, the Ultormia Empire, cites the reason that when those summoned kill another human being, they can absorb a fraction of their strength and make it as their own, as their reason. But upon learning the Empire uses those they summon to strengthen themselves by foul means, Ryoma is consumed by hate and slays an important member of the Ultimian court. Attempting to escape the Empire's borders while keeping his identity a secret, he is accosted. So this seems... It's a bit of a twist of it. It's very similar to Rise of the Shield Hero, where our main protagonist is Isekai to another world, but then they're prosecuted by the world they're from. This could be really good or bad. I do know that they're also getting the light novel for this, but again, you gotta check it out. If you like Shield Hero, you may like this, or you may not. I don't know. Our next light novel is A Lily Blooms in Another World, Isekai ni Sakuwa Yori no Hana by Ameko Karuda, with illustrations by Shio Sakura. And this one is another Isekai, of course, starring Miyako Florence, a young girl who isn't sad when her fiancé breaks off their engagement after two years. It's all according to plan. Whisked to the world of her favorite Otome game, Miyako frees herself from a dull noble to pursue her true soulmate, the game's villainous Fuka Hamilton. Proud Fuka only has eyes for their mutual ex-fiancé. Miyako confesses her love to Fuka and proposes that they run away together. Fuka agrees on one condition. Miyaku must make her say, I'm happy in 14 days. With conniving nobles, strange diseases, and magical rituals pulling them apart, can Miyako win the villainous's heart? A tentative bud blossoms in this twisted romance from the author of Sexiled. My sexist party leader kicked me out, so I teamed up with a mystical sorceress. Um, this is one of those ones which is going to cross a lot of lines. Sexiled was kind of a fucked up story, so I'm guessing this is going to be just as fucked up. Uh, let's see, I wonder, is the next light novel going to be a Isekai? Actually, no it's not. It's called Mapping, the trash tier skill that got me into a top party, or Hazure skill mapping wo tenshita shonen wo sakuyo party ni idom by Udon Komono with illustrations by Hitomi Shizuki. And the story of Note Athlon, who was really looking forward to becoming an adventurer with his best friend in Crunch, Mia. That is until he drew mapping, a rare skill with practically no purpose. In other words, it's trash. This kicks off a vicious spiral for Note, who plummets further and further into the depths of self-loathing despair when Maya leaves him. He now spends his days drinking away their earnings, wondering how long... Things would have been different if only he'd pulled a better skill. But little does he know his trash-tier skill is about to score him an invite to a top-tier adventuring party. Note's now determined to find his way through life in a dungeon or to make something of himself. This one is very similar to uh, Konosuba, where it's the guy who is part of a team in a mystical world and he has gets leveling up abilities. It's not Izakai, but it would classify as Izakai. But... We're getting that released. We're also getting the manga adaptation released. So, it's not kind of terrible. Could be really good. I'm excited to see where it goes. Don't worry, we're almost done with the J-Novel releases. Our next one is The Sorcerer's Receptionist, or Mahoseki no Uketsukejo ni Narita Des by Mako, with illustrations by Maro. And this is the story of a main character, Nanali, who's in a world of everyday magic and has always dreamed of becoming a receptionist at the prestigious Sorcerer's Guild. 
To achieve her goal, she needs to attend a magic school full of princes and the daughters of nobles. Determined to prove that a commoner can be the number one student, she must compete with Rockman, the son of a duke. When she graduates, she lands her dream job and they go their separate ways. Natalie enjoys spending each day alongside her familiar Nala and her kind co-workers, but seems a fate won't let her escape her entanglement with Rockman that easily. This is a more Isekai slice of life. Very similar to one manga that we reviewed recently uh, called uh, Witch Printing Press. So it's going to be very relaxed and just deal with the side business. Not the adventurers, but the support. I'm excited for this one. Uh, you have Black Summoner, Kuro no Shoko Kancha by Dofu Moyi. With illustrations by Kotojin or Diggs. And this one is about a main character who heads on to a new world as a summoner. With his first following being the very goddess who brought him over. Our main character, Kelvin, begins his new life as an adventurer as long before he's discovered his secret disposition as a battle junkie. And this is a typical OP adventurer, an exhilarating and epic saga where he and his allies carve their way into the annals of history. There's a manga adaptation by Gin Amo. This is just super generic. This one's super generic of guy is going to go to Izakai world, he grabs the goddess and ends up in the world. I want this to be good, but I don't know. Next one I am excited for. Home of Kyoto. Kyoto Teramachi Sanjo no Homes by Mai Mochizuka. And this is a story of mystery and unusualness where half a year after moving to Kyoto, high school girl Aoi Mashiro brings her late grandfather's old scrolls to Kura, an antique store nestled in Kyoto's Teramachi Sanju shopping arcade for an appraisal. One thing leads to another, and she winds up working there part-time. The manager's son, Kyokata Yagashira, nicknamed the Homes of Kyoto, is uncannily perceptive, and together they solve strange cases related to the antiques brought to them by clients. This one seems very episodic, and I'm going to enjoy it immensely. Uh, all of these titles, first chapters, were released digitally on Friday the 3rd of July, except for Bloodlines, which is going to be released next week. Uh, so, what other things we have? We have the Mangamo mobile manga subscription service announced during its panel at the Anime Expo Lite online event on Friday that it plans to be available in other territories and is about to launch an Android version of the app within the coming weeks or months. Uh, also, Mangamo launched earlier this year on April 15th, their app for iOS devices. It's ad-free and limited access to legally licensed and professionally localized titles, and the subscription isn't bad for $4.99. I really do enjoy them. They're not that bad at all. If you want to get a good app, this one's worth it. I can't wait for it to be on Android, though. Okay, what else? Uh, Manga Planet uh, subscription service has licensed uh, Kia Asamiya's Silent Mobius manga, and I'm surprised Silent Mobius, I haven't heard that name since the early 2000s, because this is a weird manga that involves a secret organization known as the AMP, or the Attacked Mystification Police, an elite all-female unit who protects Tokyo from these evil supernatural creatures called Lucifer Hawks, and this takes place in the far distant year of 2020. So it's kind of, it's crazy, but it's weird. Uh, Manga Plants also going to be releasing Akira Ito, Yoshio Sakine, and June Akita's Enchanted Racer. You're also going to get Marin by Sanyo and Harakawa Art. Uh, you're going to have 
Yoshika Tanaka and Takuro Kirishima's Prince of Lingling and uh, Yoshitaki Amano's Zan Manga on July 18th and 19th. And these are going to be launched on the Manga Planet app. But funny thing is that these mangas were all launched on Comicology last year. So eh, they're catching up in the game. Okay. The next one kind of is shocking because my least favorite publisher, even though I own a bunch of their stuff, and the one whose owner angers me greatly, Tokyo Pop, made an announcement at Anime Expo Lite that they're going to be licensing three new mangas for their Love X Love Romance imprint. So we got three romantic stories. First one is The God and the Flightless Messenger, or Kamisama to Tobinai Sukai, and this is by Hagi. And this one is about a, well, essentially an angel who can't fly, who has tiny useless wings that make him the target of ridicule and scorn amongst the other messengers and has kept him from being able to serve a god until now. Determined to prove himself as a capable messenger despite his flightlessness, Shin accepts his mission to a mysterious being on one of the nearby mountains. At first, it seems an easy task to keep his charge safe and happy, especially when the deity in question is just a cute, fluffy ball of fur, but things aren't always what they seem. Well, so it's essentially becomes an, yeah. a flightless angel becomes a servant to a being that has a little bit of a dark side that looks cute. So, could be good, could be bad. Uh, you have BL fans love my brother, or Kusatemo Anai, which is by Miyu Oyamada. And this manga tells the story of a girl who discovers that her older brother who's been a shut-in for four years who hasn't left his room has been creating boys love comics and he's really good at it and he's got a dedicated fan base so and the sister doesn't understand these weird hobbies of the fandom but he's still family so she's going to help him sell his comics and convince him to step outside the world to greet his fans so it's i want to make my family life better we're going to see how it goes how is it romantic i don't know uh Last one from them is going to be the Cat Proposed, or Baka Neko Ga Kataro Soro. And this is by Hayane Dento. And this is about an overworked office worker, tired of his life. On his way home from a long day of work one day, he decides to watch a traditional Japanese play. But something weird happens. He sees one of the actors has cat ears and is actually a Baka Neko. And the cat speaks to him and says, from now on, you'll be my spouse. So weirdness will occur. Uh, you know, um... These three, I'm not excited for any of them, honestly. But it is what it is. So now let's get to Viz. I believe that's our last one for this con. Yes, it is. And Viz announced eight new licenses at Anime Expo Lite. So you have, first off, in January 2021, they're releasing Azadora by Naoki Urasawa. And this one is about Japan on fire in 2021. And there's a mysterious creature rampaging through the city, destroying everything in its path. And then you cut back to 1959 where a spunky young girl, Asa, is dealing with stuff happening during a typhoon. And she's the youngest of 11 siblings, constantly forgetting, and she and a kidnapper who thinks that she's rich have to work together to survive the brutal storm and help people. It's actually really cool. I read this a couple of years ago, and I found it really fascinating. I just thought it was just very whimsical, because she gets kidnapped because they think that she's worth money, and she's not. And she ends up becoming buddy-buddy with this burglar who isn't really a kidnapper he's just kind of like doing it for a, a reason for desperation so anyway you got that in 
February 2021, there is going to be three releases from Viz. You have The King's Beast by Ray Toma. And this one is about a world that Ajin are considered no better than Beast, where the men are sent to war, women serve in brothels, and the children can do different things based on what they are. But all these jobs are degrading, menial work. And one of them, our main character's twin brother, sent to serve the Prince Temio. However, he's murdered, and then the sister is now trying to get revenge. She ends up finding her way to Prince Tenya's side, and it's become a whole... Will she get vengeance? Will she fall prey to palace plots? Will she fall in love with Prince Tenyo? You have to wait and see for this one. You have Tokyo Fashion, a comic book by Nodoka. And this is an illustrated guide to Japanese style. It shows how to build a wardrobe, add Japanese flourish to your wardrobe with easy tutorials, suggestions for wardrobe essentials, and styling tips. This one actually seems very practical and kind of cool. It's very similar to uh, the uh, Marie Kondo uh, manga art of uh, living. So this one could be very cool. I don't know, though. It's not my style. Not into it, but... I might check it out. Uh, last one for February 2021 is Zom 100, and this is The Bucket List of the Dead by Haru Aso with art by Kotaro Taka. And this is about a guy who he lives in a trash-filled apartment during the zombie apocalypse. Uh, he can't confess his love to his beautiful co-worker, so he decides he needs to live. Now he's on a mission to complete all 100 lists on his bucket list before he kicks the bucket. This one seems Funny, silly, and really dark. I'm pretty sure he's going to die at the end of the series, but could be good. Okay. In t March 2021, we have the Dr. Stone reboot, Byakura by Boichi and Richiro Inagai. And this is focused on Senkyu's father, Byakuya. And this is adventures in space as the world turns to stone. And this is them trying to escape the purification process, get back to Earth, and save humanity. The anime series focused two episodes on this, and the manga focused a couple episodes on this. So this is going to focus more on their time trying to rebuild humanity. So, I don't know. Uh, next one is Beast Complex by Paro Itaga, the creator of Beastars. And this is a bunch of source stories that are pre precursors to Beastars. It's in the same world, it's same style, uh, some very dark and great stories seven of them which cover all topics prejudice alienation discrimination identity diversity primal impulses versus civilization self-control there's one which is kind of supposedly very bdsme and this is a menagerie of carnivores and herbivores facing challenges based on their differences as they try to find common ground so if you like b stars you will really like this all right so in april 2021 we have Call of the Night by Kotoyama, which is a vampire rom-com involving an antisocial dorky boy who ends up meeting a fun-loving, super-confident, sexy vampire and ends up becoming her minion. And then finally, the last thing for Viz, according to Anime Expo Light, is Love Sickness, Junji Ito Collection by Junji Ito. And this is a bunch of really fucked-up short stories by Junji Ito in its peak form. And some of these are romantic, some of these are disturbing, and, well, it's Junji Ito. If you like horror and you want to see something twisted, check it out. <sighs> I know that was long, and I do apologize. We're almost done. We have a couple more stuff left. Uh, let's get to it. Um, we have the Funimation Con announcements, and there's three. 
so we're quick. First one, Viz Media announced three new licenses for the Shonen Jump line. You have uh, Junju Kanzai O by Gege Akutami, and this is a one-shot pilot of the supernatural exorcist adventure Junju Kaisen, and this takes place one year before the main character's time and focuses on his upperclassman named Junjutsu Hai. Uh, main character is Yuta and explains the story of Yuta, who is a character who is mentioned in Jutsu Kaisen and the incident that occurred with this character. This explains that. So, there's that. February 2021, you have Naruto Shakamura's Story Mountain Cloud novel by Takashi Yano with help by Masaki Kishimono, the creator of Naruto. And this is focusing on a rupture in the alliance at the summit of the five Kages, which triggers the fifth great ninja war. And this is also the story of Shikimaru and his family as they grow further and further apart. But Shikimaru is a powerful card up his sleeve to bring peace to post the family and the world. So if you like Naruto, you'll like this. A lot of spin-offs. Uh, last one is going to be My Hero Academia Team-Up Missions by Yoko Akiyama with help by Kohei Korihoshi. And this is the actual original creator of My Hero Academia. And this tells the story of the main characters of My Hero Academia teaming up with pro heroes for some action-packed lessons. Uh, there's no telling who Midoriya and his UA High friends will be teamed up with. So this is like the Spider-Man team-up comic where it's Spider-Man with every chapter is a different hero. But this is My Hero Academia team-up. So this episode is going to be Bakuyo with someone else. This one's with... Midoriya with someone else. This one's with Uravity with someone else. This is Froppy with someone else. This could be good. This could be very, very terrible. Finally, our last bit of news for cons. At KuroCon 2020, Denpa announced that it licensed Achilles Vampire's manga. That's going to debut in summer 2021. And this focuses on 14-year-old Ichika, who meets a vampire Arya at Ichika's beloved grandmother's funeral and then falls in love with her at first sight. Vampires and Yuri. Could be good, could be bad, and Denpa is going to have some sort of twist with it. So, for those of you who are fans of vampires, you'll have to wait and see if this is good or not. So, first off, that is the last of the actual release news from conventions. We have one more piece of news, and this one has nothing to do with a new announcement. Okay. The International Comic Manga School Contest 2020 announced its winning entries on the Clip Studio Paint website last Friday. The contest received more than 750 illustration and comic applications from 825 schools in 69 countries and regions. The theme of the competition was Promise. So out of these 750 applications from all these schools, I'm surprised there were 825 schools, but... Out of all these, we had a bunch of winners. Now, first off, for the illustration category, the winner was Aroi from Nihong Kogakuin College. For the storyboard category, Youth Promise by Shell from Human Academy Europe 1. For the Bande Dessine category, I know I'm pronouncing that wrong, I do apologize. It's going to be Midsummer Travels by Echo from Wuhan Textile University. Now, that's kind of weird. Uh, Textile University won a manga competition, but you know what? Maybe it's a hobby. Who knows? You have Charlotte by Cloud7 from Leland High School, who won the Webtoon category. For the manga category, the one I'm most interested in, the winner was Forgiveness by Zhao He Xiaonian from Chaoyang University of Technology. So that's kind of cool. Congratulations to 
Xiaohe Xiaonyan. You have, for the comics category, you have Edda and Roach by Madaki Schwentz from the University of Applied Sciences Hamburg. For the grand prize, the overall winner, who won everything, the overall grand prize winner was from the School of the Art Institutes of Chicago. The artist was Chao Kien. And the title of this comic was Our Grand Station. So congratulations to all the winners. And all these entries can be read on the Clip Studio Paint website along with the judges' comments. Now, Clip Studio also pointed a video message by the judges, and the competition was organized with special cooperation from Shuisha and Katakawa, as well as the video manufacturer Wacom. So, this is a cool thing. Next year, if you want to do something cool, definitely apply for this. It's worth it. It's a great way to get your work out there, and you could see some of the great future artists that are coming out. So, congratulations to all of them again, and that is it for our news. We're finished with that. Woo! That was a long-ass time to take that. But don't worry. I wanted to get it out of the way. It's a good thing I put it at the end so you can kind of zone out for most of it. But I hope you were interested with the news. hope there's something that you found intriguing and engaging. And with that in mind, let's actually get to this now. Wait, actually, no. Beforehand, remember, you can check out any of our earlier episodes at www.spirekin.com. You can email me personally at zaninspirekin.com. We're on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes, Apple Music, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and various other social media sites. Just type in S-P-I-R-A-K-N and find us and follow us, like us, comment, and let us know how we're doing. And with that in mind, let's get to the last part of our podcast. And what are we talking about? We're talking about that one, that only, the we. Yes, friends, the Wheel of Manga, except no substitute. What is the Wheel of Manga? The Wheel of Manga is a Wheel of Fortune with 10 slots on it. What I'm going to do is I'm going to spin the Wheel of Manga. Whatever number it lands on, the manga that's connected to that number is going to be the manga I review in the next episode of the Spark and Manga Review, episode 377. And I'm excited because we've got some great stuff, some old stuff, and some things which are very strange, and one which I am dreading and hoping not to get. I really don't want to get it because I'm not a fan of it, but we'll see what it is. So let's spin and see what we're going to get. So, in the next episode, we're going to be reviewing, well, it's number 10. And what is number 10? Bungo Stray Dogs. One which i actually been waiting to review for a while. So, we're going to get to that in the next episode. Uh, either way, I think that's it for this episode. Thank you guys for listening. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, email me at zan, that's xan at spirekin.com. Or tweet me at spirekin on Twitter, your Wheel of Manga list. What you want me to put on there, so... Manga you want me to review in future episodes. Let me know what you think. And, well, I think that's it for this episode. Thank you guys for listening. I always love talking to you. I always love reading your emails. So, with that in mind, hope you guys have a great day. Hope this episode entertained you. I've been your host, Zan. I am Gonsville. Catch you guys next time, and keep reading manga. See ya. See ya.